It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. I'm Paul Dottino. He is Super Bowl champion Howard Cross. We'll be with you for the next hour or so to talk New York Giants football. You can give us a call at 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. You can also go to hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter mm-hmm. if you'd like to hit us up on the Internet as well. You can always catch an uh, archive version of this show on Giants.com and podcast platforms everywhere as well as the Giants app. Hello, Howard. It is Wednesday as the Giants prepare for Sunday's game against the Atlanta Falcons on what will be Eli Manning Day. Oh, that's a great day. I mean, it's it should be a lot of fun. You know, Eli means a lot to the organization. I think, that, you know, in the past year or so, people are looking back on his career and going like, man, he was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's pretty funny. Even some of the... The prognosticators who were like down on him, like you know, Eli, you know, Eli turned out that Eli was pretty good. Like I, I tried to explain it to people for years, but now people can really appreciate him as they look back at his career. One of the things that 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 I find funny when people talk about quarterbacks, and they often use the one loss record of a quarterback to <laughs> identify the quality of what the guy put on the field. Mm-hmm. Look, Howard. I can't tell you how much I despise that because so much goes into winning and losing a game. It's not like a starting pitcher, even in baseball, where his one loss record is somewhat of an indication, although not entirely, of his effectiveness. A quarterback's one loss record is ridiculous. For example, Daniel Jones played terrific the other night against Washington, and the Giants lost. That, that's not, that loss is not a reflection on Daniel Jones's play. No, but you know, at the end of the day, quarterbacks get all the praise. They, they do, get, and they get all the uh, they sure whatever do whatever the other stuff is. That they, they sure they get. do. So well, there's no question. You get you get the love and you get the hate at the same time. So it's either your fault or it's your, or you're the reason for it happening. So if I could ask you mm-hmm. for before we get to this Atlanta Falcons game, because again, it is Eli Manning week here. Uh, his number will not only be retired as number ten which, of course, was also worn by some other great Giants. Brad Van Pelt Mm -hmm. and Frank Tarkington were number 10s some years ago. But before Eli's number 10 is retired and he goes up to the Ring of Honor, I do think it's important. He'll be talking to the media also this week, Mm -hmm. and you'll hear a lot of reflections and memories about him. Is there something that maybe people don't know as commonplace about Eli that you'd like to share with the folks to show what kind of either person or player he was Again, something that maybe people don't know a lot about. I don't think people realize that uh, Eli, how tough he is. I, I think that you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, that you know, they talk about Chuck and Duck and all these different things. Eli suffered through some years when there was like the offensive line play was a little bit <laughs> questionable to say the <laughs> least. And after every season, just about he was having a surgery and fixing something, fixing you know, fixing the ankle, fixing this, fixing that. And he would play through the season with these injuries, and then after the season he would just get it fixed. And I don't think people realized with all those hits and everything that was going on with him how tough he was, and he never complained about it. He never threw anybody under the bus. He never, you know, anything. He's like, you know, we got to get better. I'm going to get better. You know, he took on the responsibility as eloquently and 
with a lot of class, and I think the people should realize that when you think of Eli Manning, it just because he doesn't have that persona of a tough guy, but he's a really tough dude. Well, to do what he did over the course of a 14-year NFL career really says it all. Yeah, and not you know, and always answering the bell, not missing games. Right. Like you see, exactly. guys, you see guys today that a lot of everything happens, but Eli answered the bell when he probably shouldn't a few times he answered the bell. That kind of brings us back to this game on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons because they have a quarterback in Matt Ryan who for each of the last 10 years has thrown for over 4,000 yards. Mm -hmm. He has been remarkably durable, Mm -hmm. remarkably consistent, done a lot of great things with his arm. He's Mm -hmm. a smart guy. He's a pocket passer, much like Eli. Mm -hmm. And the thing about Matt Ryan is he's gone to a Super Bowl but didn't win it. Yeah, I mean, you know, but but that's the, that that's probably one of the few differences between these two guys. I, I think out of all sports, the hardest thing to win is a Super Bowl, and, and I and I tell people that, and they kind of like NBA championship or you know major league. No, it's a, the hardest thing to win is the Super Bowl. You only get one. You don't get like the series of games. You like you get one game. If you don't win that game, you're out. Like the playoffs are pretty simple. They're, they're cut and dry. Mm-hmm. You don't get a series because, you know, sometimes the best team doesn't win. Sometimes the team is best for that day, and they mm-hmm. and they win games. And I I think that you know with Matt Ryan's case, he's going to be looked back on. He's going to be like if he doesn't find a way to win a Super Bowl in his career, he's one of those guys who didn't do it. He's going to be, you know, unfortunately he'll be like Dan Marino or he'll be like you know Patrick Ewing or somebody Should like that. Should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Could be, yeah, yeah, could be. But they just look at things. People like championships. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. 201-939-4513 is our phone number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Paul Dottino and Howard Cross with you. He is at Howard Cross 87. I am at Giants WFAN. Uh, Joe Judge took his team out onto the field today in pads. Mm-hmm. He said he wants an up-tempo hitting practice today mm-hmm. as they start working on the Falcons. Earlier in the week, they were doing their own stuff, corrections and trying to, to refine what it is the Giants are doing. But now they're onto the Falcons. He said that Evan Ingram, coming off of that calf injury, they had originally hoped that he would be able to play by now. Mm-hmm. He will check with the trainers today. They're going to try to see if he can do some stuff. Mm-hmm. And the hope is that he will be available for the Falcons, but they just don't know. How much of a difference would he make in this offense? He'd make a pretty good def- uh, big difference in the fact that he can you know, help spread the field a little bit from the inside. Uh, tight end, he can help cover, you know, control some of the middle of the field, some of the safeties, and some of the other stuff that's going on. So it it would be interesting to see, you know, if he can get back. But I will, you know, caution people that want him back early because we have seen over the last, I guess, three or four years since this thing started happening, people that hurt their calf. It's a weird injury. Like you don't know when they're coming back and what what it takes to, you know, get them healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other injured player of note, and I only talk about him because he's clearly not 100% is Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. had under a dozen touches in week one, mm-hmm. had 15, I believe, last week. Mm-hmm. Okay, What do you expect him to be able to do against the Falcons? I expect him to get the full load this week. And I think that, you know, and I, and I cautioned everyone before. I was like, you know, I don't know if you should play in the first game because you got another game on Thursday night against a, a division opponent. It just, it, it's a lot. It's a lot to try to, you know, come back off of an injury. You hadn't really done anything physical <laughs> since you since your injury. You, you you kind of practiced, but you didn't do any live practices. Uh, you didn't play any preseason games. You didn't do a lot of different things. And I don't know if that was the docs. I don't know if that was, 
you know, caution because we want to make sure we're saving him. But then to put him in a game, that's a lot. I mean, especially for a running back, that's a lot. So he plays a few plays in the first game. Then they're like, okay, we got to kind of save him for the next game. Then he plays a few plays in the second game. So now had a nice forty-one yard run yeah, too. And now that's over with. Now it's back to hey, uh, hopefully, how you feel? Do you feel pretty good? Anything hurting you? Like you have to protect players from themselves when they're going to ask him that, and he's going to say, yeah, I feel good. So okay, well, you know, you're getting the ball right, <laughs> and that's and like you, you know, you're back to the focus of of, of you know, the run game. People are going to be looking at you. You're going to take some hits. So and you know, if I'm, if I'm Saquon, I'm I'm buying dinners for the offensive linemen, talking to them, and you know, trying to sweeten the pot, trying to get them going as much as possible. But that's how that's kind of how it goes. I'm with you, Howard. It wouldn't surprise me if he got 20 touches yeah. against Atlanta on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and here's the other thing. He has very little experience with this particular offensive line. We know Nick Gates got hurt the other day, fractured his leg, mm -hmm. had to have surgery. Mm -hmm. uh, he is on the mend. We wish Nick the best of recoveries for sure. Yep. What a popular guy, co-captain, mm -hmm. and everybody in the locker room just loves Nick Gates. Hard worker. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to see him you know, rehab. And I remember when Richie Soybert, yeah. had the three fractures in his yeah. leg, and yeah. he came back. And not only that, within two years, he was a starter and won a Super yeah. Bowl. Absolutely. So Nick Gates, you know, there's still a career left for you. Yeah. And I hope I hope nothing but the best for him. Yeah. He's going to get it. But in the meantime, yep. Price was the center mm -hmm. who had to come in against Washington. Mm -hmm. Bredesen was still at left guard. The other day, Joe Judge said he may start giving Matt Parrott some mm -hmm. snaps at guard at practice this week with the anticipation that perhaps they might think about maybe at some point giving him some work there. What are your thoughts? I, I think it's more of you just got to have more bodies. To be know? ready. Yeah, and I, and I think that, you know, he, you know whether he's going to give him opportunities or not give him opportunities, you know, un unfortunately with, with Nick going down, that puts a big hole into your rotation, puts a big hole into your depth chart. So you got to kind of get guys, okay, who else can I start, you know, grooming in case something goes wrong or in case someone's having a bad game or whatever. Who else can I groom to get ready to go? And it takes a lot. You know, playing t from tackle to guard is only one spot move, but the whole it moves a whole lot when you're starting to block guys and know where you're supposed to be on the field. Uh, and at guard, you're pulling more. Uh, with tackle, you rarely see a tackle pull, you know, unless he's really athletic and can, can really haul it. But guards pull. You know, so that's things you got to learn. Don't step on the quarterback's foot when you're dropping out of there. All kinds of crazy things. So he's he's putting the guy in that, that isn't naturally a guard, and he's trying to groom him into a guard. One of the things the Giants certainly have to be wary of is that because Price is the new center, he's got to be working with Daniel Jones. Mm -hmm. And their communication has to be absolutely perfect, not only on the snaps, but also on the recognition for the calls and the blitzes and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Well, Daniel will sit with him and, and talk to him, and, and he'll watch tape with Daniel, and he'll start sitting in a lot of meetings with Daniel specifically just so he'll get that. It won't just be him and the offensive line trying to figure it out. He'll be doing extra work trying to make sure he's up to speed because once you're a guy that touches the ball every time, like the, the center and the quarterback, they touch it every play. So you kind of have to <laughs> – you have to be in sync and you have to know what's going on because he – you know, as Daniel's calling the, out the protections and getting everything going, he has to relate to the offensive line. You know where they're sliding, where they're stepping, where where's the, we know where the help comes from, and who do we looking for coming? He has to know that as well. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is our phone number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Paul Dottino and Howard Cross with you. Uh, Howard, one other item I want to talk about with you, and that is Joe Judge was was specifically addressing Daniel Jones today. He was asked, 
do you have to worry about Daniel Jones doing too much? Because it looks like he's coming off a really good game against Washington. Mm -hmm. is, is there going to be a worry that because he played so well, he may wind up trying to do too much and take too much on his shoulders? And Joe Judge said, I tell all my guys, play within the framework of the scheme. Don't panic. Don't press. Don't get too pressured. Just do your job, and everything will work out. And I think Daniel Jones, through the first two games, has really been very solid. Yeah, I, I think he's been, been better than solid. I think he's getting better. He's showing all the stuff that everyone talked about him in the offseason, how he's grown so much, uh, how he's grown physically, how he's grown to be a leader, uh, being more you know vocal, uh, talking to his guides. And I think that he's you know caught on to the idea of both hands on the ball, uh, looking around, making sure he doesn't just – you know, throw it away. Sometimes he, he, he's starting to understand that. And the only thing I could ask him to do more is slide. Like, <laughs> you, you know, I when, agree. When you're running, and I you, agree. once you get in the open field, if you've got. Took Eli time to learn yeah, that too. Yeah. You, you, once you've got all you can get, get down. And don't get down head first because guys will be taking shots at you and giving up your body. It's tough, so he's got to learn to learn to slide. I mean, he maybe he needs to go to a Yankees camp or something. <laughs> I mean, they're not really scoring, so probably not the best thing to go to. <laughs> oh, my. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Taylor, the uh, document is not showing up with the uh, the current callers, so I'm just going to ask you to put the phone lines up, and let's just go to Joe from Pennsylvania. You're first on the show. Hello. Uh, hi, guys. What's going on, Joe? Hey, Joe. Um. I'm trying to get through this nightmare the last two uh, weeks, uh, but uh, what I—I'm getting a big echo. Something. Yeah, we're gonna echo with Joe. Yeah, we got an echo there too. I'm not sure exactly why. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, okay. One, two. There you go, Joe. There, there it is. It, it stopped. Uh, basically, I want to talk about uh, like when it's third and short or so. I really think that I, I, I like what I see when they spread them out, the receivers, and Daniel's there maybe with one running back instead of going with uh, two tight ends and the fullback because I, I, I think that really jammed it up, you know, and, and with uh, Daniel's versatility there, he even scored a touchdown on that. I really uh, like when they can spread them out and with the receivers and he has the option of uh, uh, handing it to the running back pulling it back out throwing it you know uh what do you think on that i that, i just think that looks so much better than trying to go uh you know against you, you know when when they bring in all their defensive players and stack up against our offensive players and trying to muscle the ball ahead what do you think well, third and short is basically three or shorter, so it depends. Once you get a guy, once you get it up to, up to past two yards, you don't usually run the ball unless you're running a draw or something. You're trying to trick them. Uh, that's why they spread the spread it out. As far as what he's doing, pulling the ball down and and throwing it, that's called an uh, RPO run pass option, where he's trying to draw the the defense in, especially the defensive ends uh, and the linebacker. If he can draw them in, it's an easy slant behind them. Uh, which is a great play. If they don't come in, they want to hang out there, then he can hand the ball off to the running back who can run up through the hole. And if they come down too hard, then he just and he and he leaves everything open. He can just run around the edge. So it's a hard thing to to defend. It became very popular in college. 
over the last eight years, and now it's made its way into the NFL, and you see more and more quarterbacks with the ability to run the ball do that. I I just think, you know, it, we have a better percentage. I like the way Daniel runs that, you know, and uh, and I think it makes it easier for the, the, the running back, whether it's Barkley or Booker or who's ever back there, you know, to hit a hole instead of going against the wall. Yeah. You know, just that that's what it looks like to me. And uh I have to bring up uh the last game there. I I, I want to bring this up and, and I hope it comes to their senses when we were up 7 nothing against Washington and it was uh first in uh, we're on their first and 10 to go and we're on their 30. That's where we we had a couple offsides in that but then what we we even called the timeout and we still messed up the play but what sweet gets me the most is is where Daniel took a sack you could see they were all up there ready to blitz him he seen it coming and the play calling there they tried to go it seems like he was uh, uh trying to go deep and we really didn't need that and we had the 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 field goal right there and I really wish that, that you know what I mean, we're, we're, that they get this through his head. You don't take a sack and Jason, Jason Garrett's play calling or whatever to lose that ground. We were up 7 nothing. We didn't have to take that chance. We, we were money in the bag with the field goals that you don't, you get rid of the ball. You could see they were all up there standing up ready to blitz them, and oh my God, did I get mad and upset well, at that. You're, so. get, you're getting mad, but you also contradicted yourself when you're talking, believe it or not. You just said they had a penalty on first down, a penalty on second down, uh, and then all of a sudden now they're third down and probably 15 to 20, and you're wondering why he's holding the ball. They have to hold the ball just a second just to get the guys 20 yards downfield. <laughs> so, to <laughs> get the first down... <laughs> And the, reason, right. and the reason why everybody's up rushing is because if you bring a blitz in that situation, that means the outside receivers have to run hot routes, which are usually five-yard routes, and they get tackled right away. So he's trying his best to get it done. Uh, I, I, under, yeah. I understand, but I, I really think he has to understand where he's at on the field and we had no, to field I, he, he totally He totally does, but, you know, uh, well, all, all circumstances I, aren't equal. Well, I... I, like I said, I, I didn't like some of Jason Garrett's uh, play calling there when it was third and short like that. So uh, out, out of all the stuff I've seen Jason Garrett do, and, and in fairness to Jason, I thought this was probably his best call of the game. Okay. And, Thanks, uh, Joe. I, Thank yeah, you, one Joe. other thing. You think the, the, the offense outplayed the defense in that last game? I, you know, everybody's, <laughs> they say complimentary football. I, I think the defense is still a, a work in progress. I think they're going to get better and better every week. Thank yeah, you, Joe. Yes, 201-939-4513, our phone number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Atticus is online, too, in the Poconos. Hello, you're next on the show. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you today? Oh, we're well. How are very you? Very good, very good. Good, good. You know, I, I just got to tell this real quick story. I follow the program. I've called in a number of times. I've been to training camp, and we're we're always, like, really excited to see the Giants play and come out and see the changes they made, the new pieces, acquisitions, and how they acclimate to the Giants' culture and into our team. And for the past, I'm going to say, seven years, I've been 
so excited about watching the start of the season and hopeful that we would have a better a better turnout and consistently it not it has not been what we expected um it, it, in fact it's been like oh my god how are we owing to again so this year i told myself i am not going to have these expectations of being one and one or two and oh or whatever the case may be and i'm glad i did that because unfortunately here we are and i can remember i think it was two years ago i was at a game and i saw you on the sideline uh uh paulie d and the 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 game started off horrific and the look on your face said it all it was like oh my god how are they going to fix this it was like an avalanche coming in on us but with that being said I do feel like they're going to right the ship. Things are going to start to turn around. I think it was is really impossible to identify what a team is week one, particularly this year with the way that preseason one. I heard you, Paulie, talk about that the other day. You can't measure these guys and give them 15 minutes of play time, maybe 15 plays of play time in preseason, and think that you, you know what you're working with with a team. In game two, we saw tremendous strides in the right direction. The defense still has to work out some things. But i got to say, I'm really excited with the play of, of, of Daniel Jones. Um, I think he's played a lot better. I think that some of his earlier turnover problems are, are really um, diluting what people are saying in the media about him having a, a, a turnover problem. I don't think it is bad as it, it's been because most of those came during um, his, his rookie season, which was not a bad rookie campaign. He just had fumbleitis that year for whatever reason. See, Atticus, then you're, you're taking the logical approach, mm-hmm. and unfortunately his critics don't want to do that, but you are correct. The turnovers that Daniel Jones has committed were skewed towards the first year and a half that he played. In the last half a right. year plus, he has not been anything like that turnover machine that he was earlier in his career. Yeah. Also, in early, earlier in his career, I think his offensive line was not helping him out nearly nearly enough. And I, 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 I can't say that enough. Uh, people are like, he's got fumbleitis. I'm like, if some of those hits he was taking, <laughs> he would get sure. up the ball. So it was, it was a little sure. rough on him. Yeah. I agree 100%. Then I just wanted to touch on, you brought up the offensive line. It's real refreshing to see how well the offensive line has played. And shoulder movement to right tackle has been, uh, I don't know, a tremendous upgrade, not just for him, but for the right side of our line. We still need to get better with our, 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 our uh, run blocking, but our pass pro has looked pretty good. And Saquon Barkley coming back off of injury, I need to say this because I think a lot of people are overlooking this aspect of his game. Now, he's rushing the ball with a little bit of timidness, it appears to me, and I think it's a, a mental thing, not a physical thing, because by all accounts, the trainers and coaches think that he's 100% ready to go. So he's got to work through that thing. However, his presence on the field is critical, and that is easily evidenced by the fact that these RPOs are working in a way that could only work if these defensive linemen weren't as hyper-focused as they are on Saquon Barkley. And that, that game against Washington, and that's in the rearview mirror, but I need to say this, Chase Young tackled Saquon Barkley yes. as if he had the ball, and Daniel Jones mm-hmm. was streaking down the field, and that's going to be a, a critical component moving forward and making sure that RPO works. So even though 
Saquon isn't his in his old form, his presence on the field is is absolutely helping our offense to have some big playability. And I'll I'll, I'll take the rest of what you guys have to say about that off the air. Thanks yeah. for the call. I think Saquon's presence is, is very big, but I also think that, you know, when, when guys are saying that he hasn't done that much, he just hasn't been in the game a lot, you know, that and that's because, again, two games back-to-back, back close together, him coming off injury. You, you saw in the very first game he got a few plays, and it wasn't until the fourth quarter when he stuck it up in there one time and carried the load, you know, for everybody on his back. I'm like, okay, well, that looks a little bit more like what's about to happen. Uh, it's just he's filling out the offensive line too. He's trying to figure out who's going to get their block and win and, and can you handle this guy and can I count on you if I go this way. And I think another thing that, that I keep saying this and people don't really acknowledge it, you, it's hard to run on the edges now. You can't cut the guys on the outside. And when you can't cut a guy, it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a big problem. It's, it's, the guy can't the the DB can't cut the can't cut the lineman the lineman can't cut the DB it's 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 hard to run on the outside if the guy jukes you he's standing in the backfield with the back if he doesn't if, if he doesn't then he probably got knocked out almost because that big lineman didn't stop running so it, it's a very interesting thing and it's going to take some time for these guys to figure out how to get that edge going like you'll see a lot more plays up the middle of the field uh, and that RPO is going to be great because. Guys don't expect to get cut, so they're just flying up the field, and you hold the ball, keep going. Mm-hmm. 201-939-4513, our number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. We go to line three. You're next on the show. Hello. 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 Yes, hey. you're next on the program. Hi. Hi. It's my first time calling a long-time listener. Well, thank yes, you for dialing uh, the show. I have a few questions. Thank you. Um, more running back questions. So... Uh, in the last game, uh, why didn't do you have an idea of why they didn't use Booker, or did they just want to get uh, Saquon more familiar with the O line? Uh, yesterday, you said that uh, the running back has to learn his his O line blocks. I understand that, but he just came back. Why you think they didn't use Booker more? Uh, also, what was the reason for Lynn? Wayne Gallman walked. He worked out pretty good when Saquon went out last year. And I just thought they should have kept him around a little longer to see what he could have done. And uh, any word on Evan Ingram, and I'll take the, the answer the answers offline. Okay, thank you. Evan Ingram is going to be with the trainers today for some of practice, and then they were going to try to get him to do some things. So they're not ruling him out yet for yeah, Sunday's game. Yeah, but like I said, be very cautious because – out of all injuries, the calf seems to be the weirdest injury. That, these that, days, that, that's these the days, mystery injury. I have no idea what's going on. It's not like you tore your Achilles. It's just like, well, it's your calf. And then like that basically ended Victor Cruz's career. Well, I mean, yeah. look in baseball. Mike <laughs> yeah. Trout of yeah. the Angels has missed like 100 games because of, because of calf. a calf injury. Yeah. The calf injury is the new, the new weird injury. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right, so that's number one. Number two, about Booker. Well, Booker doesn't really know these offensive linemen either because they've had to juggle and move guys around and got Gates injured. Booker doesn't know these offensive linemen any much better than Barkley does. No, he doesn't. I I think also you have to realize the impact that Barkley has on the game. Uh, That's why you see Daniel running the RPOs and he's flying down the field because guys are overcommitting to get to Barkley quick so that he can't can't get started. So the the ideal now is – 
uh, for most people is to try to get close as you can to him, uh, get around his feet, try to slow him down before he gets out. Because if you let him get out a little bit, you, there's 40 yards before you know it. So that, that's what they're trying to do. What was his third point, Howard? He had three points that recall. Um, I forgot what the other point was. It, it just, it was just, no, it was, it was, he asked about Ingram. He asked about Saquon and, and the Booker. block and Booker, and Booker. Those are the three right. points. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very good. Appreciate the phone call. Let's go back to line one. Tim is next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hey, Paul. Howard, how you doing today? I'm Hi. Doing pretty good. Hey, Howard. It's an honor to speak with you. Thank you for everything you did for our team. Um, and, Paul, I want to start off real quickly. Uh, kudos to you, man. Great interview with uh, You Are Looking Live, the author the other day. That was just one of the best Giants Huddle podcasts yet. So Wow. Well, that's very so kind of you. That. That, yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Rich Podelsky wrote this new book called You Are Looking Live, and it's the catchphrase that Brent Musburger used on the NFL Today with CBS yep. when they created the show back in 1975. And what the author does, he goes into the genesis of how they decided to make this program, how they put these pieces together, and the duration of, of why they were so successful. It was a groundbreaking show in so many different ways. It was the precursor to what we now see on television with pregame shows. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because I grew up during that era, it was really a Fun, fun read for me. My smile was like as wide as the Grand Canyon. I enjoyed the living hell out of the book. And it was great to talk to Rich the other day. And I, I appreciate that. And I hope the fans who were around during the 70s uh, really get some <laughs> memories from looking through that book because it's so cool to go back and, and relive some of those moments. Yep, I ordered it this morning. So it should be here in a couple of days because I, I was – I'm, I, I don't know if I'm a little younger than you, Paul, but we're around the same age. So, Well, let's put it um, this way. That'd be a great holiday gift for any of our young fans. And I know we got a ton of young fans who listen to the show on the app and, and on the Internet and stuff. Let me tell you, your folks, your dad, your uncle, older brother, the, anybody who was around during the 1970s, it would just do them a whale of good. To, to read about this stuff because it brings back so many fond moments of, of getting ready in front of the TV, watching Brent and Irv and Jimmy the Greek and Phyllis George. What great times. Yeah, so the uh, the other thing I had was, um, you know, I, after uh, last Thursday, I'm so glad I didn't call in Friday. So And it gave me a chance to get put things in perspective over the weekend. And I started thinking about it because I was still pissed, you know, even after Sunday. And I started thinking about it, and I said, you know what? The way it's all shaken out, if if we were 1-1 one and one, and the other three teams in our division were 2-0, and oh, we wouldn't be freaking out. We'd be like, okay, so we lost the game, but we're still only one back. And effectively, they're 1-1. One and one, So we're still just a game back, and that's that kind of calmed me down a little bit. Um, uh, and then, good, good approach, Tim. <laughs> good approach. Yeah, I mean, I had – but we, we, we've got to win against Atlanta. I mean, you can't go 0-3. And this is because then we're going into uh, uh, New Orleans. They're playing that game at home, it looks like. Yes. And then we got Dallas on the road, two tough games. So the last thing I wanted to bring up was uh, something that you brought up two or three times at least last year, Paul. And I haven't heard you mention it this year. And when everyone getting on, and I, I like Daniel. I think he's going to be the man. Um, and he had a great game the other night. But... But you said you brought up something that Parcells said way back when about you got to give a quarterback thirty starts, thirty games. Right. So, 
I'm giving him a mulligan for the Arizona game last year because he shouldn't have even played. Sure. Um, so that that makes the 30th game, I don't know, the Saints or the Dallas game. But let's say after week five, and, and this isn't just about our record, it's about how he performs. I, that puts us at that 30 games, and I hope you revisit it at that time since you brought it up. <laughs> it would be great to hear how you, what you think Parcells would have to say after 30 games. That would be great. And this a final last little thing. Because we talk about Saquon a lot. Uh, Carl Banks had some interesting things to say about Saquon. He said he's he's getting over getting over his hips or getting over his feet too much. You know, he's he's a little too he's got to settle, Carl Banks said. And that's something I, I'd like to see. You know, he's gonna get a few more touches this week and and if he could lay back a little and settle as Carl said and not be over his feet and run falling forward. Um, you know, maybe we'll we'll get to see some more consistent running out of him. I wanted to get your opinion on that, particularly Howard's on that last point. Thank you so much, Tim. We'll answer you as we, you uh, we say goodbye. Appreciate yeah, the phone call. Sure. Yes. Uh, as far as, as, as Saquon's running style and him, you know, getting over his feet, you know, some people say it's great when a running back always falls forward. He's always getting positive yards. I think that really his, his, his movement – it's picking up his side to side. His balance is picking up, especially balance through contact. It's starting to pick up every game. But again, they had to. They got him on a pitch count the first two games because they're so close together. I think this week we see a little bit more of what he's going to do and who he's going to be. And you just are going to because they're going to, like I said, he might get twenty touches. He might get more than that uh, between being a receiver out of the backfield and running the ball as well. You know, Howard, one of the things uh, about this Falcons defense that Joe Judge talked about is that they are quick and very, very aggressive. Mm -hmm. Well, if you get that cracker, that seam against an aggressive defense that is just charging upfield, you can make some very big plays in the running game. It's going to be it's going to be some more than big plays if if they're coming up to field. Like I said, it. The biggest thing, the biggest change, I'll keep harping on it over and over, is the edge blocking and how and how they get after they get outside the tackle, what actually happens. If, if you can get somebody on these guys and you can keep them, you know, at an angle or on the side, then you can you can have some positive plays. That that will help with you know with your tight ends when they're out there blocking those guys as well. The Falcons have given up, by the way, five yards of carry on the ground through the first two weeks of the season. <laughs> All right, Taylor, let's go back to the phones, and I believe we're going to go to Jamal. Is he next up on the show? Hello. What's You're up, on Jamal? BBKL. What's going on, guys? Thanks Good for to taking talk my to you. call. Thank you. Uh, um, so I have a few things. So talking talking about Saquon, um, and I don't know, just watching the first two games, it seems like I don't know if it's because he's getting pressure too much in the interior to where he has to juke already, but it seems like he, he's not hitting the exact hole. So I don't know if that's because of pressure already or people already in his face. But um, I don't know. Do we need more like a downhill runner um, on those first and second downs to to address that? Or is Saquon Barkley able to do that and still juke the first person that's trying to get him and, 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 and gain more yards? I don't know. Um, just watching the game, it seems like he's, as soon as he gets the handoff, he's, he's juking for his life. <laughs> um, and then the RPO. You know, RPO is supposed to be run-pass option. And watching that game last week, it just looked like it was more just run options. He's either, you know, he's either waiting for the DN to crash on Saquon and Daniel Jones is taking it. And watching the game this weekend, I saw some teams be creative with that by 
making that turn that into a pass play as well. You know what I mean? Having somebody out there running a route to where, you know, Daniel Jones could probably throw it or their quarterback can throw it if, if they're crashing on him. So I want to see more creativity like that, especially in the green zone or the red zone or the money zone <laughs> to where we can get some points scored, right? Okay. Well, I, I think that the run-pass option thing, I think when you're seeing teams catch the ball, that's more like a pass-run option instead of a run-pass <laughs> option. And the reason why it's it's that way, so just so you, 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 know, you, you know, is that the offensive line block it the exact same way no matter what. Right, so that means they're blocking. Right. They're blocking a run play. If you right. hold the ball or pull it back, and and throw it uh, uh, a little late, then there's an offensive lineman, illegal man downfield. That I think that happened in the game. It actually. did. It, it happened in yeah, the game where, where Daniel pulls the ball out, takes a couple steps, the receiver comes open, he throws it, but the offensive line is still blocking the run play. It doesn't get called a lot, but it can it, be called, it, 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 and it can be in right. a bad spot. Yeah, yeah. so that you know, and, <laughs> and it was a very positive play that happened, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden they called it back because. Right. It, so you, it, you have to be it, the run pass option becomes pass run option when you're trying right. to get, trying to get the ball out. If it's run pass option, and you give it give it to the back, pull it out, take a couple steps to pull the guy on the outside up, the offensive line have already taken three steps downfield. <laughs> so, so then, so then I want to know. So, do we do a lot of rollout with Daniel Jones, or we don't? I see. I feel we, like we they, do a lot of drop back. They started to roll out this past week. I said that's what I was telling everyone that I thought Garrett called a great game. He he moved the pocket okay. a lot with with, with Daniel. Uh, he's starting to you know, it, and it also depends on the defense you're playing. Like with, mm-hmm. with Chase, with Chase crashing on the outside so fast, and and, and Swift on the other side, they're crashers. They're they're big long. Fast guys, they're trying to get into the backfield as quickly as possible, and they're not giving you a chance to make a decision. So when they when they come in and make that big play, you're outside, and there's nobody out there to to contain. So they right. they commit, you know, the ultimate good and the ultimate evil at the same time. They can get to the quarterback uh, on a, on a drop back, but in a run game, they if the quarterback can pull it out and run, they give up a bunch of yards. Jamal, something to keep right. in mind, it looks like A.J. Terrell, the best corner on the Falcons roster, is going to be out with a concussion. Oh and God. that is very, very bad for them because they don't have any depth at corner. So not only will they have trouble covering the pass, but also the run support uh, from the corner well, spot is going to be really a problem for them. Well, hopefully that would be a benefit with Galladay and some of our other receivers to probably get some, some players their way. Probably the Slayton, team, to be frank with you. If they, if they match up the okay. way that they usually match up in terms of the sides of the, where they play, Slayton would be the guy who would probably have the best opportunity to take advantage of whoever the backup is because they've got three different guys on the depth chart who they're trying to decide between, and none of them are a great option. Okay, now i got to – What's up with my man Julian Love and, uh, and and Jabril Peppers? Are they are they getting love on the defense or what's going on? <laughs> I, I don't I don't see Julian Love getting that. You know I, I thought he was a tackling machine yep. in the preseason last year, but uh, I don't see him on the field like that this year. Well, I know they've been playing three safeties uh, with with McKinney, McKinney. With McKinney being in there with Peppers mm-hmm. and and Peppers is and in, Ryan and has played the role of how do I say probably Will Backer and some some. Teams call it the rover or the hero. He's Jack. played. He's played, right. he's played the weak side backer in a lot of in a lot of instances. 
and he's almost almost playing linebacker. He's that far up on the field mm-hmm. at three three safeties. I see love in there sometimes when they go they go all the way up to four safeties in games. But you know, it's a lot of good safeties on the team, so it's it's gonna be very interesting. Thanks, Jamal. So my last Go ahead, real okay. quick, real quick. Oh, my my last point is okay. We can't get pressure by the D line. Are we sending a lot of blitz? I don't think we did a lot of blitzes last week. Or am I wrong? It didn't seem like we were sending people like we were at a Broncos game. But this game, it didn't seem like we were just depending on the pass rush. And with a quarterback like Tyler Haneke, there's no way you don't blitz him. I mean, you put the pressure on this man to see what he got. Jamal, I'm going to give you a little hint. If you watch the Falcons-Buccaneers game last week, the Buccaneers sent a lot of blitzes at Ryan, and it caused them a lot of trouble. So that may be a good hint as to what you might see Sunday. Well, I hope so. Thank you for the call, fellas. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for dialing us up. Folks, uh, this Sunday, September 26th, watch the Giants retire Eli Manning's jersey in style. We're offering an exclusive suite package, which includes Eli bobbleheads, jerseys, T-shirts, and more. Speak with a Giants suite representative now by calling 888-NYG-1925 and select option 4. You can also call 888-NYG-1925 to find out about suites for the Giants season, as well as season tickets at 888-NYG-1925. And there are also some single-game tickets available for the 21 season. Mm. Again, 888-NYG-1925. Also, be sure to be aware that the Delta variant is spreading quickly in all areas of New York State and the and the metropolitan area. People who are not fully vaccinated are at greater risk from COVID-19. Protect yourself, get vaccinated, visit ny.gov slash get vaccinated or talk to your health care provider. We go to line three, and Steve in D.C. is next on the show. Hello. Hey, what's happening, P. Dot? Good afternoon. Uh, hey, Colin, you know, I'm hey, hey. to talk to you. Thank you for everything you've done for the G, man. Appreciate it. As you it. know, P. Dot, it's not the first time I call. Definitely a lifetime listener. Yes, sir. But, uh, <laughs> real quick, I just want to say this, P. Dot. You know, I probably I tried to call a couple of times, man, but I can't with you and, you and Lance, man. I just couldn't, man. Y'all, y'all, <laughs> Just too much. Y'all forgot about everybody, but yeah, great content, man. But I, I couldn't wait last time. I, I just couldn't do it, man. You know how you know how you and Lance are. If y'all not going at each other's neck, then then y'all you know y'all just going talking straight football. So it, it was great to hear, man. But we try to I, entertain sometimes, Steve. You know, just a little bit. <laughs> Got to add some oregano hey, and spice to the pizza. <laughs> Uh, absolutely, but you know, I tell you, man, I, I tell you, I, I really do like to hear the different opinions for the fans, especially the new caller. It was so much I wanted to talk about, but I'll keep it quick. You know, you know, obviously everyone has something to say about the whole Saquon, and I, I certainly do. I have to say it. You know, even though everybody has an opinion, I just, you know, I don't understand. A lot of it's on Jason Garrett. Here. I don't understand why this man's coming off the injury and why we continue to run him through the teeth of, you know, of the strength of the people's defense right in the middle. He, in my opinion. He's never been, a, uh, you know, the best runner between the tackles anyway. I think we need to, you know, get some motion, you know, get the defense moving a little bit. He needs a little bit more space. But the coming off an injury, to me, it's almost like, and then not really having the practice, it's almost unforgivable. It is unforgivable because I think Booker's doing a fine job. He's averaging definitely, you know, more than four yards. So, I mean, I know Saquon is the guy. He's definitely our best running back. But let me tell you something. We need to use Booker more. We all see that. We all see that. And I know that we only got so much touches, but I want to win games, okay? I want to, you know, bottom line. So until we get, you know, until he gets his sea legs underneath him, man, 
give Booker some more touches. He's great at catching the ball. So we you know we got to do a better job. I was happier with you know even though I was at the game and I was a little bit happier with the play calling. But at the end, come on, did not go for it and throw the ball in the end zone. We got to stop doing that, man. We got to play the win. Bottom line, because we lost. You know, we could have got a penalty. I don't know why we're not throwing the Rudolph. You know, I clearly I see why God is upset. So we, we've got to do a better job when it really, really counts. We had so many chances to win that game. Mm-hmm. Back in the rain, cheered, argued with my friends who are, because I'm right in the rest of the them. <laughs> and let me tell you something. My manager at work is Jason Garrett's brother-in-law. And I ain't going to, that's I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> so I'm trying to be patient. <laughs> so, all right, this is, so this is what I got. You know, first of all, you know, I'm not, I want to see, I'll, I'll just say a couple of things and I'll get off real quick because I want to hear other people too. Kadarius Tony, I really want to see more of him, of him offensively. I don't know, you know, what's going on. Obviously, we could do be doing more special teams, but it's unexcusable. Howard, I can't wait to hear what you say, how we defend Kyle Pitts, you know, and why do, are we not using press coverage more? I just, you know, I just don't understand why we continue to give so much space. It's just, it's just, it just looks bad all around. And the last thing I wanted to say is, our RPO, I love it. I think Daniel Jones did a great job this last game. It's all about consistency with me. But I do think that he needs to make a decision a lot faster. And it'll be a lot better, too, because he almost looks predetermined that he's going to run. So I don't, it's just the RPO is really, like, <laughs> not necessarily being as, as effective as it could be. He needs to make a better decision. And that's his biggest problem. I don't really see him really going through his progressions well enough and really being able to distinguish the best place, whether it be a run or a pass. So great thing he is a good runner, but I do think there's opportunity to hit a quick pass if he can look up and determine, you know, make the determination fast enough. So I want to hear your opinion on that and what do we do about Kyle Pitts because we can't, we cannot keep continuing to play and say we're going to win the game. All right, Steve. That great. So, I'll, I'll let Howard respond. I'll listen off there. All okay, right. Guys, Thank thanks. you so much for calling right. once right. again, one of our loyal listeners on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Howard, I think all the other topics we've kind of covered over the last week or two anyway, except for the Kyle Pitts thing, you as a tight end, you understand what mm-hmm. tight end's responsibilities are. Yeah. This guy is a very unique tight end. Okay. Well, he's not really a tight end, just so we're uh, – I get you. Know, you. He's a wide receiver that's – uh, he's like six foot five. Uh, he's a big guy. Yeah, he can run. <laughs> uh, he's not going to be in there blocking anybody. They're not going to c- commit him to blocking. But the, the way to, to to prevent or or to um, stop a guy like that is to have a guy hit him at the line of scrimmage. And I, and I don't mean like bump him. I mean like hit him, hit him at the line. Like of scrimmage. what Carl Banks used to do. Yeah, you stuff him at the line of scrimmage, and then that disrupts the play. That that disrupts the timing of the play. You can't get the ball out as fast. And now the quarterback has to look in another direction. But uh, and that's the only way I know to, to stop a guy like that. If he gets even or out in the field with you, then you're you're kind of unmanned. I mean, you can put a safety on him, but the safety is what six foot tall. This guy's six foot four, and so that's a hard cover for for him. Uh, linebackers can't don't have the speed to run with him, so it's going to be interesting. The easiest way to describe what happened during the Tampa game last week with Atlanta, uh, the Falcons have a very young and experienced offensive line. And they had a lot of trouble with pass protection, picking mm-hmm. up blitzes. So what did the Falcons do? They went with a ton of stuff out of the quick game. Mm-hmm. They just had Ryan take his couple of steps back. Okay, boom, get rid of the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened? Twice they got passes deflected that wound up turning into interceptions. Yeah, that's because you've got to get your hands up and make sure you're getting the guy's windshield. Yep. All right, that's number one. 
number two, because you know you're not going to get a lot of sacks when a team goes to the yeah. quick game. Yeah. So you have to interrupt their passing game another way. One way is to get your hands up. The other way is to beat the crap out of the receivers off the line yep. because then they can't get their free release. Well, it's not all the receivers. You got to like the guy. You got to know the go-to guy. You got that's the guy you got to slow down most. Uh, and I, that's going to be interesting to see how how the Giants play against a guy like Pitts. Uh, you know, Ridley's down there as well. He's he's a good receiver. Sure. He's he's definitely a good receiver. So it's it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, the biggest thing they're going to have to do is is first off uh, control the running game like they've been doing. Uh, make sure there is no long runs or any big no no breakdown in there. And then after that, then you force them to a, you know one way team throwing the ball and then lean on their guys on the outside. I mean, Matt Ryan is still a great quarterback, uh, in my opinion. But He's I, smart and he's accurate. Yeah, and, but if you can give, you know, take some of those throws away instantly, those two or three quick throws right off the bat, then you can give him a hard time. Now, if he's watching the Giants tape, though, don't like there's a lot of quarterback pressure. You no, know, there's been like one or two Not sacks. Not against Washington. Yeah, so what's he thinking? I don't need those two or three second holes and two or three steps. And throw Do you know their longest play from scrimmage so far through two games mm -hmm. is only a 24-yard pass play to Pitts? Yeah. That's their longest play from scrimmage. Well, I think that they're going to have a, going to try some longer plays this week because if, if we're not getting pressure on the quarterback, then he's going to think he has the time to throw the ball downfield. All and, right, let's yeah. go back to the phones. We only have a few minutes left. Coach Marvin is in Delaware. Hello, Coach. Great to have you on the show. How are you doing, Paul? We're doing okay. How are doing you? All right. All right. How are you doing, Howard? Very good. That's good. Um, well, I was going to talk about his Thursday game, but uh, Friday I ended up having a conversation with uh, Bryant um, Baldinger of NFL Network. Okay. I ended up meeting Friday night, and uh, we had a little discussion of the game. And um, the, the one – couple of things, the offensive side of the ball. I, you know, the guy was talking about Daniel. I thought that was one of the best performance I've seen Daniel have in the years that he's been here. Yep. Um, I thought they utilized him in, in a manner that was fit for him. Um, I always felt that uh, I would like to see him do a lot more as far as escaping when he was in trouble. And he did that in the first half, and he did that a little bit in the second half. And the one thing it showed us a good picture of who Daniel is. And I think what he is, he, he, he's not a guy that's going to carry us on his back in a sense where the offensive line's not blocking and he's creating for other players. But if you give him the time, he showed us that he can play this game. And, and I think the offensive line played a lot better, especially against a defensive line that they faced on Thursday. Going into that game, I really was worried about Washington's defensive line because they didn't play well the week before, and they bought that up. But I thought the Giants held their own offensively against them, and which allowed Daniel to make plays. And he, he, I, I thought he played magnificent. I, I don't have any criticism of him. Um, the guy was talking about he was a little late on this decision. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. That can run into the coverage that he sees. He may not see what he thought he saw. And he's not. He's going to protect the ball, which I'd rather him protect the ball than just throw it out there quick. Yeah. Um, on that side of it, I I I thought they played well offensively. Um, um, uh, Mr. Baldinger was asking me, "What did I think defensively?" And my whole concern, I didn't understand, is they played with the corners we had. We played soft coverage quite a bit in that game, 
Um, I remember they had like some, they had some third and six or third and eights, and we had the corners was playing 10 yards off the ball, and they was playing soft. Um, they scored a touchdown, I think, in the red zone. It was uh, in between the 15 and 20 yard line. Um, they ran a skinny post in front of Bradbury, mm-hmm. and he had outside leverage where he stepped to the outside. The guy ran a skinny post, and nobody touched him. Uh, it was that soft of a coverage. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah. Um, then he asked me about the – he asked what I thought. He was saying some stuff, too, but we was kind of agreeing. He asked me about when they were inside the five, uh, Ojolari was on that looked like a seven technique. He was a st- he was in a two point stand, standing on the outside um, shoulder of the left tackle. They were in the shotgun with the back to the quarterback's right. Mm-hmm. There was no over the head of the guard, and Ojolari was on the outside shoulder of the tackle, which had a automatic. I mean, the hole was instant. And all he did is did a uh, inside handoff, and he just took it in the end zone, kind of like walked in. So I couldn't understand why we was playing soft defensively. I don't know if it, it seemed like we felt we was playing Kansas City, and we didn't <laughs> want anybody behind us. Well, if I saw that was Kansas City, I can understand that coverage. You don't want those guys getting over the top of you, so you play off. It seemed like we played a, in a little fear a little bit. I don't know if it's fear, but it, it – was too cautious of their receivers in that game, I thought. Um, and, and it just made me think when, when, when you're trying to create a, get a, create a good team to win, there's certain things you go through, and the first step is competing. You're getting a team that can compete. And then they have to learn how to win. And then once they learn how to win, then the coaching staff, and you have to not make as many stakes to win those big games that you may not – you may not – supposed to win and you win some of those games so that that makes you that creates a winning environment and right now i'm feeling that we're competing um but the players are still trying to learn how to win i don't know if i'm reading too much into that but that's my feeling i get when i watch the um thursday night's game it was it was kind of um disappointing because of how well they played as a team, and and we just didn't finish, and that that's my concern. Okay, uh, well, in the words of the great Herman Edwards, you play to win the game. <laughs> so that Carl that's is back that. on Monday, Coach Marvin. I think you'll be much happier. Yeah, so you play to win the game. As far, <laughs> as far as the, as the defense goes, you know, the, in week week one, uh, uh, they were getting the crossing routes were killed them coming across the field, coming across the field, coming across the field. They put them in chase positions over and over and over again. By Thursday, which is on a short week, they moved back a little bit to try to, you know, prevent some of the crossing routes, and then that creates another problem. So it's just somewhere between. They're they're, they're going to have to figure out somewhere between how to get them. And I just – and you're also kind of guessing a little bit when you're going from team to team, Uh, you know, playing playing in the first game. Denver, you kind of know – what Coach Schumer's going to do, but you don't really know. Right. Now. Right. Then the right. second game, you got another offense coordinator that, you know, you, you got this quarterback. You, you think this quarterback's going to do one thing, and he, he winds up being able to do a, a couple of other things. He threw some of the best bad balls I've ever seen. Uh, they, oh, were, yeah. they were wobbling, flout, fluttering in the air, and it got to yeah. his receiver. I'm like, this is just, I said, this guy, I said, I have never seen anybody 
get so lucky throwing ducks at people that, but it, it, it was working out for Billy him, so. Kilmer. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was working out for him. Thanks, Coach. We got to run. As far, all right, guys. all right, Coach. And as yeah. far as the other part of it goes, uh, Paul, like you know, I think Patrick Graham, he, he's going to his team's going to catch on to every detail of his his thing every week. He, they grew. They grew last mm-hmm. year. And, and I, I, I told someone that during the game, I said last year they started off a little slow defensively, then they grew towards the end of the year where they were one of the top defenses. They're growing pains again. It, it, you would think that they pick up where they left off, but that doesn't work that way. you you got to start all over again. If you're playing your best football in September, it's mm-hmm. a bad thing. Yeah. But, you know, you still want to win. Yes, you do. (laughs) Final call. We only have a couple of minutes here because we got on a little late. We're going to take one more call. Michael in Hawaii, you are the first participant here, or last participant on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Aloha, Michael. Hey, how's it going? Aloha. Very good. How are you guys doing? Very good, very good. (laughs) Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. I just wanted to say that, you know, thank you so much. You guys are doing great. Enjoy the show. Thank and you. then a shout out to Nick Gates. Hopefully his leg gets better. Yeah. You know, that was terrible. But um I was kinda listening the past couple of days and everybody's so pissed off. You know, yelling at you guys. <laughs> it's so negative. It's game two. Game yeah. two. It's yeah. coming on game three. These people gotta settle down. At least you guys can go to football games over there. Exactly. They got nothing over here in Hawaii. Oh wow, really? It's still you bad know? over there? Fifteen games left. Yeah, well I'm on the big island, so I can't go watch UH play in a while. Well, wow. but um, you know, I've been just, I've been a Giants fan since I was a little kid. I'm 45 now. I haven't remembered one year where it was easy. We didn't blow guys out. It was always, you know, to the grind, close game, three points. You know, so I don't know why everybody's whining now. We're not Kansas City. It's Giants. Yep. You yep. know, that's right. We're not gonna have winning crazy seasons. You know, we earn everything. Well, sorry. They earn everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You're a fan. You're one of us. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I was just wanted to say that, yeah, everybody should just suck it up. It's two games in, and let's go beat the Falcons. All, All right, right, Michael. Thank you so much. So much. I'm glad we work. took one more call. <laughs> Pre- appreciate the phone call, Michael. Be well out there in Hawaii and enjoy the game on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, interesting thought, though. Again, we had an earlier caller who told us the Giants are one game out. <laughs> I mean, true. you're only two weeks in. They're yep. one game out. What's That's the true. big deal? That's true. It, it, you know, it's perspective. And again, like I tell everybody, like the Giants didn't actually start playing football until week one. <laughs> and I, you know what, Harry? I, a lot of their guys, a lot of people kind of like, oh, no, it's not like, no, Galladay didn't practice, didn't play. Uh, Tony didn't practice, didn't play. Uh, Saquon hadn't practiced and played. The offensive line was, some of them were hurt most of the season. Yeah. And like, it's just that's just the way it goes. After some of the Jekyll and Hyde stuff we saw from the teams in this division during mm-hmm. the first two games yeah. of the season, I almost hate to say this. But who knows? Maybe eight and nine wins this division yeah, again. I hope who not. knows? I hope the who knows? Goes. I hope the NFC East is still the NFC East. I, I got a I got a feeling, Howard. It's it's going to be a dogfight into December. No matter yeah. who wins it, it's going yeah. to be tight. It's going to be tight. I, I think the teams, uh, fortunately or, or unfortunately, they're pretty evenly matched. Uh, you just got to have a good day and don't make any mistakes, and that's that's pretty much. What the game came down to against uh, against Washington, uh, uh, one mistake at the end of the game, or was it? <laughs> so, so. Although I still think Philly is going to be in last place. Howard, 
We'll talk to you again soon. All right, Paul. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live. It's part of the Giants platforms everywhere and Giants.com slash podcasts. Uh, listen to the archive of our show. It'll be up there sometime within the next couple of hours. For Howard Cross, I'm Paul Dottino. We'll talk to you next time.